Welcome to Conscious Life Design with your host, Natalie Golay. Natalie is a holistic life coach, an expert in conscious life design, and author of Finding Your Why. Natalie believes it is never too late to reinvent yourself. And now, here's your host, Natalie Golay. Hi, and welcome to episode one of this Conscious Life Design series. Thank you for joining me for this first episode of what I hope is going to be a really fun series for you to listen to. What I'm going to be talking about is a bunch of different themes connected to the idea of conscious life design. And since this is the first episode, I thought I would, of course, start at the beginning. So when I deal with coaching clients, the first question I ask inside the second wind process is I start with what do you want? But the fact is that you really need to start even one step before that, before, because in order to be sure you know what you want, you need to know who you are. And that's why the title of this episode is Why Being Yourself is Essential for Conscious Life Design. Now, I know you've heard, you know, it sounds cliche almost that people are saying, oh, be yourself, be yourself. And everyone's always telling you to be yourself until you get out into the world and then you find out that you nobody really wants you to be yourself, right? <laughs> or at least that's how it feels sometimes. And even if it does sound kind of cliche, it's actually very, very essential for the conscious life design process. And if you want to get go through a process where you can create the life you desire. And so why, why is it so important? You can't answer the question, what do I want, if you're not yourself, or at least if you can't be honest with yourself, can't be authentic, know your truth. It's very important. And why is that? Because we get a lot, you know, there's a lot of noise in our heads, right? There's a lot of, of people just talking to you and telling you what you should want. And probably you have internal programming telling, oh, what should I want? And what we want to get to is not what you should want, but what you really do want. What works for you? What makes you happy? What drives your life? right? So that you can go out and create it. So in order to do that, you need to be able to distinguish between all that, among all that noise and yourself and what you really want. And as women, we're, you know, often conditioned not to ask for what we want to the point of not even knowing sometimes that when was the last time you sat down and asked yourself, what do I want? And really thought about it, right? And even if we do know it, we don't even sort of understand that we have the power to ask for it, to go get it. So that's why it's so important to first think about being yourself, not in a trite, trivial sense, but in a more, in a very fundamental way. And this doesn't mean, of course, I'm, I'm pretty much a proponent of somebody who, you know, I'm like, well, you should live the life you want. You should do what you want. You should be true to yourself. But that doesn't, you know, that sometimes scares people because they think, oh, that sounds like chaos. As everybody does what they want, people are going to get hurt or whatever. And I'm not, I actually don't subscribe to that belief because it is all about truth and truth is always positive. Okay. So we start from truth, not from mayhem and chaos. And, you know, we're very aware uh, just in, in our culture, even though we don't encourage in some ways, we don't encourage people to be who they are and to be what they want and do what they want in their life. It's the pain caused by not being yourself or not acknowledging what you want out of life 
is a pain that is universal and you will find it in every book you've ever read just about fiction you know it very uh, every every movie you've seen every story you've heard it's always about uh, the hero or it's extremely archetypal if it may not always be there but it's almost always there there's somebody who goes through transformation and who realizes who they really are right and we know that people who don't conform to traditional social norms struggle with this a lot. And, but it also can happen at a, at a more subtle level for all of us. You know, what we wear, where we eat, even something as, as you know, divisive as our politics or where we hang out or what clubs we join. We, we keep adjusting based on what we think we should want or what others should want and what we, you know, is it true? Is it who we are or are we doing it for other people? Now, the reason I started coaching and chose to, to coach primarily women in transition as sort of my primary clients is because women in particular struggle with this question and this issue. And it manifests in such subtle sort of uh, generalized ways in our lives that we don't even notice it. Let me give you some examples. I'm about to publish my new book. It's called Finding Your Why. And I, in, the, in the preface, I have four anecdotes, and I'll just mention two right now because it kind of illustrates this point really well. There were two women that I ran into uh, on the same day uh, at a charity function we were doing animal rescue, of all things. And in the morning, these are women that I know that I've met before. But in this case, they sort of came along at the same time, on the same day, at two different times on the same day. And what, what we did was, what they did was, I, I arrived on the scene in one case, and the woman was complaining that her husband had retired, and he was always home. She's like, I, I got there when she was going, and he's always there, and I can't live my life, and I can't be me, and I can't do anything because he's always home. And the other woman was in the afternoon and she had the exact mirror event in her life, mirror situation, which was her husband had recently retired and he was never home. She was like, he's always on the golf course and I hate golf and I don't know what to do with myself. I thought that when he retired, we would be, you know, we would have a life, we would go do things together. And now I don't know what to do with myself because he's always on the golf course. Both of these women were struggling with a similar problem. They weren't living their truth. Their husbands had retired, but their husband's situation was what was controlling or really uh, coloring their life. Of course, when you're in a couple, everybody's, I mean, we depend on each other. And so, of course, what happens to your partner is going to affect your life. But the thing is that they felt powerless to change it. They felt powerless to express their truth. And this may seem like a small thing, but in their life, this was not a small thing. Both talked about this incessantly with their girlfriends, and they were stuck in this uh, situation where they thought their life was basically over. So I'm just using those sort of simple examples to illustrate whether you're in your career and you want to, and you have this, you have everything you, it looks like you have everything you want in life. And it looks like your, your, your position is great and you're, you're doing really well. And, um, but some, there's this sort of nagging feeling that 
something's missing or if you're like these women where you're in a situation where you're in a you're in a couple and uh, in, his, in this case, the husbands were the ones who retired, but they had means, they were comfortable, they could do anything they wanted, and they spent their time stuck in this one spot. In both of those situations, whether it's in business, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's with your relationships, if you're not living your truth, if you can't drill down and really get to what you want and express it, in a positive way, you're going to stay stuck. You're going to stay where you are and resentment's going to build up and nobody's going to be happy. Not just you, but everybody around you because all that negativity just builds up. And so if you're having a hard time, if you're stuck, if you, even if on outwardly it looks like you're doing great and everything's fine, but you feel like you're just not there's something missing in all areas or one area of your life. Then the next question before you ask, what do I want is what is my truth? What am I myself? What is it about this? That's preventing me from living my truth. Because if you don't know who you are, you can't be yourself in the world, right? When you start, understanding that in a very essential way when you're able to express it to yourself and you can start distinguishing between what you want and what everybody else wants and you can minimize all that shooting in your head as well now one thing that can be happening as well is that everything might have been fine until recently in other words the choices you made in their past are not necessarily wrong but you may need something new, right? So you can, it might come as a surprise to you. It's like, everything is going fine. Everything, my life is fine. It's exactly what I, what I wanted. And now I, yet I feel unsatisfied. And then we tend to blame ourselves and, and, and sort of say, oh, I should be happy or I should do this or I should do that. Not so. Everybody changes and women change a lot. We go through physical changes, mental changes, our life changes, our circumstances change constantly. It's not wrong to want something new at any point in your life. One of my taglines is it's never too late to reinvent yourself. And that is absolutely true. So the first question before you, you start designing your future is what is my truth? What works for me? What has changed in me that this no longer works if it was working? That's where you start before you ask what you want. The next step is, what do I want? If I don't want this, then what do I want, right? But you have to first get to that truth. Now, there may be, um, there are a number of ways that you can find that out. Some people just know it instinctively, but then, you know, they're not, they're not stuck. They just know what to do and they move forward. There are a lot of women who do. But then there are a lot of women, uh, including a lot of women I know and clients and so forth, who don't know. They don't know. They, they, they feel, they, they blame themselves, you know, the blame game. They blame themselves. They, feel, they, they think they should uh, be happy. They think they should be doing this or should be doing that. Again, all the shooting, But they're not. 
and then they get stuck because they're miserable, they get resentful, you get all this passive aggressive behavior, and nobody's happy. But it's not that obvious how to get there. How do you distinguish when you've been trained when you've spent a lifetime believing something about yourself or believing in the role that you are supposed to have or believing that you should be something and then deciding that, oh, I need to do something else. You know, whether you have a fantastic career and you want to go start a, I don't know, go write a book or become a painter or whether you're a, an empty nester whose children are grown and they're gone. And so now you're still a mom in your mind, but you're, you, you, your role has changed and you don't know how to deal with the changing family dynamics and you don't know how to, how to, to go after something new. Or if you've retired, like I said, and you don't, you're not sure, or your husband's retired, or your partner's retired, and again, the changing dynamics have created a situation where you don't know how to, to distinguish between what you need and what you think you should need or what others need. Well, that can be quite difficult, but there are some practical ways to deal with this. And uh, we spend a lot of time on this in, in the first stage of my second wind process, which is a coaching process I've developed. And there are a number of steps and exercises that we go through to deal with, uh, to, to figure out what you want. But as I said, before you get there, you need to know who you are and what your truth is. And my recommendation, this is something you can do on your own. You don't need a coach to do it. You can just do it on your own. It sounds very, very simple, but it really does work. And the first thing you need to do is quiet down that noise I was talking about earlier in the program. Remember all that noise, all those voices, you need to be able to find your voice among all the other voices in your head. And so you need to learn to quiet your mind. Now, I have a very pr practical approach to coaching, but I do draw on a lot of personal development techniques because I think that they are tools that really, really work very well. And uh, they work very well to, to get you sort of, to, to get your mindset in the right place, to make you more receptive, to achieving the goals that you set out for yourself or to figuring out what those goals are, which is the stage we're at right now, right? So how do you quiet your mind? Well, like I said, there are a lot of techniques and they are all useful for different purposes. But the best one that I've found for this particular issue, for sorting out all those voices and finding your voice is actually meditation. Now, meditation sounds really scary to some people. For those of you who are advanced meditators, you're not scared by this at all. You probably agree with me that it's a great way to quiet the noise and to get in touch with your higher self. But some of you may never have thought of meditation or, or you think of it as something so esoteric or maybe you've tried it and you go, I can't meditate, I don't know how to do it. Well, let me tell you something. First of all, Deepak Chopra, has, is totally right when he says there's no wrong way to meditate. And that is really true. You do not have to sit for 45 minutes in lotus position or join an ashram to benefit from meditation. Certainly, um, if you, there are ways, you know, there are tricks to making it work more efficiently. There's also, if you, if you really enjoy the process of meditation, certainly there are deeper levels of of, uh, of meditation that you can reach by practicing it for hours and so on. But that is not necessary to achieve what we're talking about today. 
So my recommendation, you can do it for five minutes a day if you're a beginner. And guess what? You can sit, you can listen to meditative music, you can focus on your breath, but you can also go for a walk. Meditation, there are all kinds of meditations that are, there's dancing meditation, there's walking meditation, sitting, and so on. And you can find what works for you, and there are tons of free resources. You know, I, I create meditation uh, recordings for my clients, but there are, for you, if you want to just try it out and learn how to get quiet, there are all kinds, just go on YouTube, go on the internet, there are all kinds of resources there for you to figure out what works for you. Because another thing that I'm really a proponent of is do what works for you. Don't listen to the gurus who tell you if you're doing it this way, you're doing it wrong. Do what works for you, all right? If you're more of a positivist scientific type, very pragmatic, you, don't, you may not want to all the spiritual trappings. And you don't have to... You don't need those. You don't have to use those in order to benefit from meditation. And if you are into that whole spiritual quest and so on, then you, I think you'll find that meditation will enhance that tremendously. Personally, I'm somewhere in between those two extremes. So I just, I really see the utility of it. And I understand the whole sort of spiritual aspect for those who, who are looking uh, for that kind of fulfillment. Another thing about meditation is don't try to meditate. Don't try to find enlightenment. Just get quiet. And what's very useful here is you should uh, maybe apply uh, some uh, mindfulness type of technique. In other words, if you're, you're, if you're a beginner, you're going to have a lot of intrusive thoughts. Thoughts that won't, you know, that just keep coming up and everything. And you've been told you're not supposed to think, right? You're supposed to get to a state of non-mind. Don't worry about it apply certain techniques of uh, mindfulness, which is you acknowledge the thoughts that come to mind and you let them go. You simply, you don't fight them because by resisting them, you're making them bigger. So just let them go. And again, this is not, this podcast is not about teaching you how to meditate, but rather to suggest that meditation will help you find that truth that we were talking about, will help you figure out what you want, what's true for you because you can reach levels of get in touch with your intuition. Now, I know this is called conscious, conscious life design, and I'm asking you to do something that is actually not conscious, but it, it's actually not intellectual. You're consciously trying to achieve something, but you're going to bypass the intellectual mind, and you're going to use meditation to sort through everything, to separate the wheat from the chaff, and to get to your truth. Now, sometimes that inspiration that will come to you will be over, like, let's say you, you meditate five minutes a day at first, maybe in the morning, maybe at lunch, before you eat, something like that. You can meditate at your desk, you can go for a walk. Ideas will come to mind over time, like throughout the day, you, you may suddenly feel calmer, more able to think. So you can start a journal, you can note down your ideas, you can start making sense of your feelings so that it's just the seed. You're just planting the seed that will begin the process of developing your sort of personal power so that you can access that on cue and you can start creating that life you want. You can start identifying what you want and you can separate yourself from what expectations, external expectations, and start living a more congruent life. 
one that is more in line that resonates with you. And, you know, it may sound scary when I say that, but it shouldn't be scary to you because as I said earlier, if you're miserable, everybody's miserable. So don't be afraid of losing something. Think of it in terms of gaining something, finding your truth, finding yourself, just getting quiet. It's a very, very simple process, but it, you can, will reap enormous rewards over time. And it won't be a long time either. It should be quite short time because you will be just the fact that you're doing this new practice will shift your internal sort of mindset, your internal uh, compass and direct it towards what you're, towards the solution, towards where you need to go. So follow your gut. And if you're stuck, if you can't figure it out, try meditation first. So just to, to wrap up, I guess, <laughs> what we talked about today was the fact that you need to know yourself. You need to live authentically. You need to be in line with your truth if you want to engage in conscious life design. And conscious life design is simply a process. It's simply what I call the process of creating the life you desire. We're all empowered to do this. We can all do this. The thing is we forget it or we lose it. We get all that, as I said, all that noise around us. And sometimes it, we lose ourselves in the middle. So if you're feeling stuck or unsure or suddenly finding that although you think you should be happy or satisfied or you, you sh your life should be, seems to be going right along, but you somehow feel that it's not, but you don't know what to do about it, go to your truth. Go there first and then think about what you want. Now, by the way, if you want to learn more about how conscious life design works, I'm offering a free breakthrough session to a limited number of people. It's not a sales pitch. It's not a timed 20-minute session of me pitching something to you. It's not. It's a real one-on-one -on -one session that will address your most burning question or issue, maybe that, that came up during this talk or some, some future talk uh, that you'll hear in these podcasts. And what we'll do is we'll spend maybe an hour, even up to an hour and a half, exploring that question so that you can start the process of getting unstuck and moving forward. So if you visit my website, nataliegolay.com, and find the application form for the free breakthrough session, you fill out that form and you submit it, then I'll be looking at each form personally and uh, I will decide based on the information you put on the form whether I think we're going to be a good match. The thing is that a coach, you know, a coach is not a therapist, by the way, and a coach is not a guide and is not a mentor. A coach is a facilitator that helps you figure out what you need to do. But you're the one who does a lot of the work. However, the chemistry between the coach and the client, or in this case, the, the person doing the free breakthrough session, is very important in order to get somewhere. And so the form helps me figure that out. If we're not a good match, I will respond to you anyway. I respond to everyone. And I, will, I might even suggest some other resources. 
But if we are a good match, then I will send you some uh, suggested times and then we can talk online. My goal is to help you and to provide a worthwhile service. Again, the breakthrough session is absolutely free. And what I want your takeaway to be is sort of greater clarity about your situation, suggestions for your next actionable step, right? So that you can come away from the session feeling empowered and ready to move forward and start living your amazing life. This is a great way to get that process started. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a little kick in the pants, <laughs> basically. It's about getting you moving forward. So visit natalygolay.com and fill out the form if you're interested in your free breakthrough session. Or if you have a question about this episode, just drop me a line. There's a contact form on the website too. I'd like you to tune in next week because I'm going to be talking about why, despite what you may have heard, finding your passion is not the key to self-realization and why looking for your passion is probably the best way never to find it. Okay. So I know that it's very, very trendy right now to go after your passion. Well, I'm going to explain why that's actually not the way to go about this process and there's a better way. So I hope you'll tune in next week. See you then. Now that Natalie has shared with you some tools to help you feel more energized and start living your life on purpose, it's time for you to take charge and begin to craft the wonderful life you deserve. If what Natalie spoke about today resonated with you and you would like to explore more, Natalie invites you to schedule an appointment with her. Please visit her website at www.nataliegolay.com where you can also find Natalie's book, Finding Your Why. Natalie's new book takes you on a step-by-step journey of self-discovery, exploring who you really are and what you really want. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, please visit the Tenacious Living Network at tlrstation.com.